1: home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is inside sports with Reed Wilkins on 630.
2: All right, Maple Leafs lead the stars one nothing with five and a half minutes left in the first period after one jets up two one on the Panthers Verhage, Shifley and Connor the goal scorers in that game blues leading the Islanders 3-1 in the second period. Into the third, the Kings up 5-1 on the Senators. Arvidsson with a couple of goals there. Six minutes into the third, Detroit leading Tampa Bay 2-0. Early third, Penguins with a 3-1 edge on the Blue Jackets. And about 12 minutes left in New Jersey. Devils looking for another win. They are probably going to get it. They lead the Blackhawks 3-0. Hamilton, Heesher, and Brath, the goal scorers in that game. Coming up later, Hurricanes. At Ducks and I'm having a tough season and the Canadians will take on Seattle. The uh, Seattle Kraken definitely one of the stories in the NHL. Well, one of the surprising stories uh, in the NHL so far this season. They did lose their last game but they just had a long winning streak. They are 15-6-3 on the season. The Pacific Division standings, I'm not going to go by points. I'm going to go by points percentage. The uh, Oilers are fifth when it comes to points percentage, which means uh, you know you got right now they're fighting for a wild card spot. They are not in one uh, now. Of course, still relatively early in the season, so a couple games can shift the point percentages quite a bit. Not like later in the season where they, it's hard to get them to change as much. Uh, but uh, the, I'm going by points percentage. Vegas seven twenty two. Seattle not far behind at six eighty eight. L.A. 5.56, Calgary 5.40, and Edmonton 5.38. So, uh, you know, pretty close there between Edmonton and Calgary, and they're not far behind Los Angeles. But, uh, yes, Seattle and Vegas have had a little bit of separation already. Pretty impressive by those teams. Oilers and Coyotes tomorrow here on 6.30. Chet. The face-off show is at 6.00. The game is at 7.30. Zach Cassian making his return as a member of the Arizona Coyotes' first game uh, with the Coyotes since he was traded there in uh, the off-season. We will have full coverage for you tomorrow, starting with Oilers now with Bob Stoffer from noon to 2.00 here on 6.30. Chet. Okay, he joins us every week here at Inside Sports. He is presented by Sentinel Storage, Shop Canadian, Store Canadian, head to sentinelstorage.ca former NHL goaltender now a broadcaster with the NHL on Rogers. it is Kelly Rudy Kelly welcome back to the show how are you doing I'm doing really well reading yourself I am doing okay when I woke up this morning glanced at my phone by the way I do have yeah. a digital thermometer but it ran out of battery and I never replaced them so I glanced okay. at my phone <laughs> and it said minus 30
1: that's oh all my gosh minus 30 okay (laughs) Uh, and that doesn't include wind chill right that does not include
2: wind chill that's true and i and i was out this afternoon and it was pretty cold like not that windy so i have a question for you mr i i I grew up in edmonton the and it doesn't have to be (laughs) hockey related what is the coldest you've ever been in your life
1: oh boy um let me think about it for a sec okay so i'm gonna give you a Two stories where you would think that that would be as cold as I've ever been, Uh, and uh, fairly recent, Uh, one about three years ago, four years ago, I think maybe the winter prior to the start of the pandemic, and my wife and I went to the Emerald Lake Lodge in uh, yoho national park and i don't know if you've ever been Reed, but it's just absolutely gorgeous we went uh mm-hmm. right in january so right near the end of january and i want to say readers minus 35 uh and we, we went for a hike, but we had the proper clothes and everything. Uh, we rented snowshoes. We didn't need them. Uh, I'm sure there are a lot of people listening that have been to that uh, lodge in the winter. And uh, you can walk around the lake, which is absolutely gorgeous. I think it took us two hours, but that was fine. Um, a little chilly, but not too, too bad. And about... 15 years ago my lovely wife and i went to lake louise at around the same time of the year and it was minus 35 or minus 40. it was a uh, just a beautiful snowstorm that we drove through to get up to uh, the chateau and uh, then we chose to go snowshoeing one day and then we went dog sledding another day and dog sledding snowshoeing was fine because you're active right And I was really, really surprised when we went dog sledding on the Great Divide Trail that we're really toasty warm because we had all our great clothes on and then they just bundled you up in the sled and stuff. It was really cool. My wife ended up uh, driving the, the dog sled a little bit. Having said that, my coldest memories clearly are growing up in Edmonton and going to the outdoor rink in uh, Elmwood and skating. And uh, you know we didn't have the proper clothes back then. Our winter wear wasn't like uh, the quality that we have now. And weather is going to the rink in Elmwood or just playing street hockey on 159th Street uh, and just being absolutely frozen. I remember my toes not being able to feel them, my fingers the same. And back then, I don't know if it's still true, but uh, they, you know, you, you of course didn't pour warm water on them or anything. But I was, I was even afraid to put my toes by the, uh, by the uh, radiator, what you know, where the heat comes out. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, am I, am I going to harm myself? And I better just. Uh, out naturally and not do anything uh you know crazy so but those are you know some of the best memories as you can imagine reading how about yourself
2: uh well today would be up there uh you know uh <laughs> I, i've told i've told this story before i'll kind of tell an abbreviated story one of the coldest times i can remember is covering a high school football game in lloydminster and there was pretty much a blizzard happening during the game and sure. You know, you stand on the sideline. You stand on the 55 between the two benches with with your camera guy. I I think there was a little, you know, elevated observation booth you could have gone into, but it wouldn't have made a difference because the windows are are wide open because there's coaches and spotters up there. And high school football games are a little shorter because it's 12-minute quarters. But, you know, it's at least two hours, and then you do post-game. Yeah. yeah, I I can remember... I re- I can remember getting home after that and thinking I wonder if my feet will ever feel warm again. You know that feeling like <laughs> I know. It wasn't just my toes, what? it was like my entire
1: feet, both of them. Well, now that you bring it up, yeah. Some of my outdoor hockey games, those as a broadcaster, some of those are, yeah, definitely some of my coldest moments. Uh, I wasn't in Edmonton um, when Edmonton and Montreal played the first outdoor game uh, in Canada. That was, I don't know what year, was that around 2002 uh, or something uh, like that?
2: That was oh three, I believe, yeah.
1: Okay, and I remember I was... Uh, on site in Vancouver for Hockey Night in Canada, I wasn't on the A crew back then, and so uh, I watched the game. And then I did the Canucks game from the cozy confines of the arena in Vancouver. But I just remembered, thinking to myself, "Oh my gosh, I was I was thinking less about the players, I was thinking more about the fans at Commonwealth Stadium." Oh. And uh, you know, you don't move; you just sit there. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, that must just be terrible. I I think a lot of people had a lot of fun, but I'm sure a lot of people left that uh, night going, I will never go to an outdoor game again.
2: (laughs) All right. Kelly Rudy, joining us at Inside Sports. Thanks for those very frigid memories. Um, (laughs) Stuart Skinner uh, continues to be a story for the Oilers. 47 saves last night. And I mean, no doubt he's been the better of the two Oilers goalies so far. You know, it's into the second week of December and and we're still talking about this. Uh, Skinner is out playing Campbell, who's, you know, trying to put it all together. Is this getting to be a worry or are you still of the mindset, you know, Campbell's got to work and you got to be patient? Like, uh, what's your level of, I don't know if concern is the right word, but I think you know what I mean. Sure.
1: I think "concerns" a fair word. Now, I think that I've been awfully patient for a long time, knowing how much Jack Campbell cares, and you know the work he's going to put in, and so on. Um, but I think it was this past weekend when uh, the when Edmonton played in Minnesota. I believe that's Campbell's last yep. work Thursday, yep. and yeah, and and I I didn't watch game in its entirety. I was still traveling. Back uh, from Toronto, but I remember watching highlights and some of his body language was getting to be more concerning than it had, had been previously for me. And I, body language, I've always been big on that read. I, I don't think you can hide body language, it is just what it is. And oftentimes it's really telling. And I thought I saw, I hope I'm wrong, I thought I saw a little bit of, um, Oh woe is me! How can I get out of this? I wouldn't. I definitely we definitely wouldn't use the word quit, but it, it's to the point where he looked like he's lost. Like, how do I get out of this? I I've tried everything possible, and it's still not working. I mean. Two months is a long time to be in this situation. And I I can relate, Reed, because back in 92, 93, when I went through my worst slump in my career, where I thought it was close to being career ending, that was two months as well. And uh, it took me a a long time to dig myself out of that ditch. And uh, only through the help of my coaches, uh, Barry Melrose and Cap Raider, and the help of Tony Robbins, you know the story, was I able to get myself out of that situation because I, quite frankly, was not going to do it on my own anymore. I had gotten to the point where I had lost all hope, and uh, I could only doubt myself uh, every single day, and that was so troubling. And I, like I said, I hope I'm so wrong about Jack Campbell because I am cheering for him. Uh, I'm one of his biggest cheerleaders, but Sunday, that was really concerning to me.
2: Yeah, okay. Uh, Oilers, Coyotes uh, tomorrow. I mean, Arizona's not having a great season. Having said that, they might be doing a little better than <laughs> that was predicted for, yeah. how how they look yes. uh, last night against Calgary.
1: Really good. They had a great start. They outplayed the Flames for the first uh, 15 minutes, um, and they're they're quick. They're really really skilled. Uh, they're young, and to me, it seems like they uh, they have. Uh, they have that youthful enthusiasm, even though they're not off to the greatest start. They look like, to me, you're not going to get, uh, you're not going to take away their will and their spirit very easily. Um, they f- uh, fell down two nothing in the last five minutes of the first. They battled back and then they ended up tying it in the third to lose on a power play goal. J- uh, Jacob Chickren had taken a penalty with five minutes in the third, and that was the end uh, of that. Uh, but I, I like them, and their goalie, the Melka, is very, very good. Um, and so, you know, this is the last game on a long 14-game road trip for them, so they're going to be pretty eager to head home uh, after they play the Oilers.
2: Yeah, that schedule of theirs to start the season is I, – I know they right? kind of had gaps where they could still come home for sure. a couple of days, but then they'd go out and play again. Sure. Like just oh. –
1: that's like, yeah, that's like Vancouver when in 2010, when they were hosting the Olympics and they had uh, a 14 game road trip also. And, you know, I think they had eight games before the Olympics and and what, six afterwards. But there were times where they were home, just like uh, the New York Islanders uh, a couple of years ago when they're opening right. their new building. They had a 13 game road trip. But many of those nights they in fact slept at home cuz they'd go maybe go to pittsburgh or new jersey or something close and so it seems worse than it really was
2: yeah okay well kelly uh thanks for hopping on tonight I uh, hope you stay warm this evening and we'll do this again next week my friend really appreciate it
1: okay <laughs> okay thanks reed take care my friend
2: There is Kelly Rudy checking in. Interesting thoughts on Jack Campbell. A little bit of a preview for what we're going to see from the Arizona Coyotes tomorrow night at Rogers Place. Kelly, of course, for many years, a regular on Inside Sports presented by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Head to sentinelstorage.ca. Okay, if your fingers are warm enough to actually dial a phone or maybe uh, you just want to talk to somebody to, to remind us that, you know, we aren't totally frozen. We can't speak. Uh, we got some open line time here. Uh, I, let's, uh, let's put a little bit of, a, I mean, anything Oilers related if you want to, or if you just want to call in and talk about whatever. But I assume you want to talk about the Oilers. You know, 26 games in, um, like, as I've said numerous times, they're not terrible. Um, but they're still kind of waiting to grab it. Is it just the injuries? Is it uh, players underperforming? Is it, uh, you know, a rookie head coach learning some things on the fly here? Does the GM need to step in and do something? Are, are you getting concerned about Campbell? I mean, Skinner's contract is up after this season, and if he's the number one guy all year, he's he's going to want quite a bit of money or maybe some sort of a bridge deal. So uh, you can check in if you want, 780 496 It's Inside Sports on chat.
1: Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com.
2: Edmonton Oil Kings in action tonight at Rogers Place against Medicine Hat. The Tigers have just scored, so it's halfway through the first period, and uh, we got a 1-1 tie, Tigers and Oil Kings. The teddy bear toss game. The Oil Kings teaming up with 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous Saturday at 7. So if you're going to that game, uh, you can get a teddy bear, first of all, there, or bring a teddy bear, got to have it in some sort of a plastic bag or something. And when the oil Kings score their first goal, throw it on the ice. If you haven't been, it is a spectacle, uh, an absolute spectacle. And uh, they're hoping to get well over 10,000 bears for six thirty. three. That anonymous tomorrow at noon. I'll be going to a press conference at Rogers place. They are unveiling the teddy bear toss jerseys, and they've had some fun with these in recent years. Making the players kind of look like they're giant teddy bears in hockey equipment. We'll see if that's the theme tomorrow. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Lenny checking in. Hello, Lenny. Go ahead, sir.
0: Mm. Enjoy listening to your show. You know, my comment is kind of around uh, I guess <laughs> this isn't gonna be popular, but it's really around the oiler the fan base and and maybe sometimes media, but expectations. I uh you know, all the prognosticators are suggesting that the Oilers are going to be great, and everybody's got these expectations after last year's playoff run um, that they're going to be some fantastic team. And I, when, you, when you analyze what they started the year with, we knew there were some deficiencies on defense. Um, we had a brand-new goalie who's basically a rookie in the NHL and another goalie that just came off a, a Jekyll and Hyde season, and we've seen both sides of his team. And so far this year, we've seen the Jekyll. We haven't seen the Hyde. So I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering. People are really disappointed. I'm, I'm hearing, you know, I'm reading in Twitter, and, you know, we've got to trade and we've got to, we've got to put people on waivers. And, and I'm going, well, what assets are you talking about that you want to trade? And if you've got a player that's doing so bad for the Oilers, yeah, what is the market value? Yeah. yeah, what's the market I, I, value? I say that
2: all the time. let me, let me ask you this though. What, what were your expectations? Because I, I will admit, I thought they could be a very good team and with the potential to be great. Um, they have not lived up to my expectations. Maybe I was wrong. I'm wrong all the time. Uh, what were your expectations before the season? Well, you know, it's interesting you
0: ask that because the thing that I say over and over again there's 57 more games. So my expectations will be met or not on game 82. Not after 20, 25, or thirty games, because you know, and I, I and I refer back to the year St. Louis won the cup, and they were last place overall January first, and we see it with teams all the time. I mean, I know that injuries aren't an excuse, but they're a reality. Oh, but for I, sure, I, yeah. I, you know, I just go back to that whole thing about what were we, you know, we. I had an expectation they were going to have a good year, but the year's still young, and and are we in a crisis situation? I would suggest that maybe if we we're a little stronger we're missing three guys off the top two lines. I mean, when Fogo was playing up, I mean, and again, it's, it's a reality. So I, I'm my cup's half full. I believe it. I think that we've got – I love our – I like Holland. I think he's done great. People are – people are harping on him. And I'm going, yeah, you should fire a guy that just took you to the final four. Like, okay. I mean – you know. Lenny, I got to
2: wrap it up. Okay? Cause, great call. Thank you so much. I I, I would have let Lenny keep going another few seconds, but I got to go to the news. Uh, Lenny, we'll talk again. Tony's up next inside sports on chat.